Do you feel like we have it all together, that everything in life is easy for us and our workouts are easy, our kids are great, and we never struggle? Well, you're wrong. Today, you're going to want to dive in. We are talking about all of the struggles that Becca and I go through in terms of life, family, kids, entrepreneurship, and more. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Hello, lady. That's what I think about from Step Brothers. I, th- I think Step Brothers might be one of my top three favorite movies. My favorite part is the bunk beds. Because <laughs> I, could, I could totally see myself doing that. I had bunk beds as a kid. Did you? Yeah. I, don't, I never had bunk beds. Yeah. I had a... I was a... The embarrassing... Um, this is an embarrassing fact about me. <laughs> I like to believe that I have a very vivid imagination. Like, I... Um, I get scared and it causes me to get scared very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm just like a scaredy cat. Nick makes fun of me all the time. Cause I'm like, I can't watch scary things before bed. Oh no. Cause I just won't sleep. Um, but I would, I think if I remember correctly, I would sometimes go up into my parents' bedroom and sleep on the ground until I was like 12 or 13 years old. Oh, I did the same thing. Especially okay. if it stormed, <laughs> especially if it stormed, I would go and I would sleep on the floor by their bed. And I used to every night go into my dad's room or I would go into my parents' room and I would wake my dad up and tell him that I had to go potty. And then I would use their bathroom and I would go back and tell him that I was done. And then I would go to bed and he's like, okay, thanks. See, I would go upstairs and I'd be like, mom, I had a bad dream again. She's like, okay, sleep on the floor. (laughs) My parents had to break me of sleeping in their room because Mm -hmm. I love to fall asleep. Like my dad would take me to bed and he would lay next to me, but then he would fall asleep a lot. Mm -hmm. And so my mom was like, okay, this is not good for our marriage. So I'm going to need you to go to bed by yourself. I kicked and screamed until like 2 a.m. in the morning one night because she locked me out of the room trying to break me of coming in the room and sleeping in there. And finally she got up and we went downstairs. She slept in one recliner and I slept on the couch because I just, I couldn't fall asleep. So it was like a process. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably seven or eight. I don't even think it's embarrassing. I said to my mom later in life, well, you let me sleep in your bed for a long <laughs> time, <your> fault. <laughs> which is why I'm very adamant. Marcus has only slept mm-hmm. in our bed when he has been like really sick and we're constantly Even up then, and down. I'd rather almost like, thank goodness Carson now has a full size bed because I will sleep in his bed now. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we haven't yet, but every night, you know, he's a toddler. He's three. Every night we have the same routine. I have to sing him the same songs, rock him, which I, you know, I am, I love it. Mm-hmm. And then he wants me to lay with him. And then, I get up and he says, mama, I want you to pet me six times. And so I pet his head six times and we count them. And then he gives me a high five and then I leave. And he every night says, mama, is the triangle triangle going to go bye-bye? And he's talking about like the triangle of light that gets created by the door. Oh yeah. And I'm like, yep, the triangle is going to go bye-bye. And that's our routine literally every night. So Nick funny. reads him bo- books and like toothbrush, but every night he doesn't want me to get up. He's like, mama, keep laying with me. Keep laying with me. And he's totally a teen. Like he will lay in bed playing with his stuffed animals for an hour before he falls asleep. So Marcus has every night the last week he's been saying, daddy go bed too. 
mommy go bed too. He's making sure that we're mm-hmm. going to go to bed after we put him to bed. I'm like, yes, honey, mommy and daddy go to bed too. We, we go to bed too. Just downstairs on the couch for a yes. while. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I tell him every night. And he started to, so really funny. <laughs> so when I work from home, I create a lot of dishes because it's usually like eat something, run, put it in the kitchen, go back to the computer, more Zoom meetings. And then usually when I'm done with the day, I'm like rushing out of the house to go with the kids. So I don't clean the dishes until I get back from getting the kids. And so Carson has obviously heard my husband mention this. And so every time when I'm picking them up from daycare or from Nick's mom's or anything like that and bringing them home and we call Nick on the way home, Nick Carson goes, Dada, are you going to go home and clean mama's dishes? And I'm like, this fucking... I can't. <laughs> Nick can't like Nick can't leave a pan to even cool down before he cleans it. Like that is my husband and I love him to death for it. But like also I feel like I'm a child getting followed around the house. Like he's turning off lights behind me as I leave rooms. He's like picking up crumbs after like that's what I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> Art's been on me about the crumbs and my uh office he's Mm -hmm. like what is all this white stuff on the floor and i'm like babe it is the leather from my chair that is peeling (laughs) off it is not me just eating protein bars and like getting chocolate all over the floor (laughs) just like cookie monster just like crumbs (laughs) everywhere when i eat oh my goodness okay my office is my sacred place and i know my husband listens to this podcast so he's very very patient he is a lot like nick in the way of like cleaning Mm -hmm. and picking Mm -hmm. things up but he's just very patient so he doesn't say too many things to me sometimes he does I have PTSD for my husband and I told him this is why I'm so sensitive about these things because I feel like it's constant. Like I can't do anything right with like leaving things anywhere. And so I have anxiety around it. Just don't let him in your car. (laughs) Oh, he's seen my car. He, I I mean, I don't even care anymore. Yeah. I just, you know, he just picks up and it's an angry cleaning, you know, Mm. you know, when it's like, and that's what he says. He's like, Becca, I never, I never say anything. I'm like, your mannerisms speak for themselves, okay? I can tell from your from your, your facial expressions mm-hmm. how you feel about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, Nick. So it's funny because this is perfect story actually segue into our podcast today because we're talking about the daily struggles. And mm-hmm. we wanted to just come on and get really raw and real with you guys today that Becca and Liz struggle too. Like our life is not perfect. You see his post on Instagram that we work out every day. Let me tell you, we don't want to work out every day. This morning, mm-hmm. I actually really, I really did want to work out this morning, but very rarely does that. Mm-mm. Is that the case? Every morning, every morning, my alarm goes off and I'm like, ah, no, and I'm like, get your feet out of bed because it's the only time it's happening today. And then I'm like, okay, as long as, and then usually it hits around like 15 to 20 minutes into my workout when I'm warm. And you know what it makes me miss? is when it's hot in my garage in the summertime and I cannot wait to go down there and open the garage because I need air in there versus wearing four layers down there with a headband and gloves on because the barbell is so cold. (laughs) But every morning, about 15 minutes or 20 minutes into my workout, I'm like, God, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I'm doing this. I'm so glad I'm getting it done right now because there's no other time and then my hard part's out of the way for the day. And so you guys understand that like every day, we have conversations in our head. Like every day I have to convince myself to do the things that I know need to be done for me to feel how I want to feel. 
I have to convince myself to get my butt out of bed at 5, 5.15 in the morning because I know I back myself into that time. I know what needs to get done for me to be showered and ready to go get the kids up at 7 a.m. Unless they wake up before then. Taylor's going through that phase right now. It's real challenging. But I know that is the only time. And that is the only time for me to have no one bother me. No emails coming in. No questions from my three-year-old that never stops talking. No husband requests. Like That is my me time. And so it has to get done at that time. There is no other option. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people give themselves that option. But think that it's easy for those that do it. It is not easy. It is not easy for Liz. It is not easy for me. It's not easy when I'm exhausted at the end of the day to not want to, you know, order dinner because I don't want to cook again because I don't want to put in the effort. It's not easy for me to get the light out and the camera out for me to film the dinner that I'd rather just make versus film for a recipe reel to put onto Instagram and to put onto TikTok. <laughs> but that is part of the process of growing this business, growing our name. Like, I don't want to do those things. I just want to freaking make dinner so that we can eat. But no, I need lighting. I need the camera. I need to make sure that it's good video clips. Like I need to make sure I'm not messing up the recipe and doing things in the wrong order and missing something that I'm supposed to be filming. You guys, it's hard. Like all of it. Yep. All of it's hard. Yes. Oh, I'm <laughs> laughing so hard because I was talking to somebody the other day and you know, you are really good about posting your workouts and such. Mm-hmm. And for me, I film some things for my coach, but I don't want to film my workouts because that's my time. Like that Mm -hmm. is just the time that I go, I zone in, I just, you know, get in my groove and I listen to my music or I listen to podcasts and I just do my thing. It's part of how I create space and it's part of how I maintain my sanity. And so the least filming as possible, Mm -hmm. because also you can't listen to music when you're taking a damn video. It's very frustrating. It's the worst. Very frustrating. But here's the thing is like our kids, they frustrate the F out of us some days. Like mm. there'll be times on the weekends where Becca and I are texting each other back and forth. And I'm like, yep, Marcus just had a coughing attack and threw up on me seven times. This is great. <laughs> right after we just cleaned the entire house all over, or he took all of his toys and completely just dumped them out all over the floor. We got a garbage bag one day. My mother-in-law actually got a garbage bag one day and was like, okay, we're going to pick up all these toys. Which ones don't you want? We've not even brought the garbage back in because he put about 80% of his toys in there. And he's told me a couple times about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, you have plenty of Legos. So that's what we're going to play with. We cry. We scream. We have moments of frustration. We have moments where we just want to give up. We have moments Mm -hmm. where we just want to go lay down and shut the door and lock everybody out. Like Mm -hmm. we have all of those moments. And you probably have those moments yourself. And so we want you to know that you're not alone in that. We both have amazing marriages, I would say, mm-hmm. but we still argue with our spouses. There's still things that get under my skin. There's still things that I do that get under our skin. My load of laundry that was finished Sunday night is still sitting in the laundry basket. It's Friday. I'm going to get to it tonight. Like sometimes you just have to prioritize things like the laundry is done and it's clean, but that wasn't my priority this week because we've had an insane week calls all day long, different appointments, different things to get done. And mm-hmm. we're pushing ourselves right now in different ways. And so while my kitchen can get clean after we make dinner, most nights, not all nights, um, you know, the laundry is just waiting. And so if you feel like you can't keep up with everything, know that you're not alone. We also just want to encourage you to prioritize yourself because in the midst of the chaos of life, there's few things that we can control. And we believe we can control our schedule for the majority of you know, the days. Yes. You can control your food. Mm -hmm. You can control putting in the best effort possible 
given the scenarios. And I think that the hard part is that a lot of people, I, I wrote in an email to our email list this week around like, a lot of people have their pedal to the metal plan when life allows it. You know, you get the workout in every day, you eat the right food, you get the sleep, you, you know, journal, you meditate. And that lasts for like five to seven days. And then something happens, stress hits, the schedule doesn't work how you thought it was going to work. And then we have the just like off the rails. There's no middle ground. There's no maintenance plan when stress hits. There's no like good enough. There's no, I'm going to do the very best I can. If I didn't get my workout in at 5.15 the other night, I literally kid you not, Carson's Carson has a swing in the basement and he wanted me to push him in the swing. I had not gotten my walk in that day. I wasn't going to get it in outside like I wanted to, but I have a treadmill in the basement. So I would push him really high. I'd run to the treadmill. I'd walk for 20 seconds. I'd run back. I'd push him really high again. I'd walk to the treadmill. And he was having a time of his life laughing at me. And Jersey was chasing me back and forth. And like, that was what happened because that was good enough that day. Like, there's a great quote, Miranda Oldred runs street parking with her husband. And there's a great quote that they live by that's called more than nothing. More than nothing, guys. Because a lot of people think I can't do it how I want to do it, so I might as well just not do it. And one of the biggest things that holds us back is our mindset approach to when things don't go how we want. You guys, I had a really crappy morning this morning. Like, I got up at 5.20 to go downstairs. Luckily, it was a recovery day. That's the only saving grace today. But I was going to do a 20-minute easy bike. I was going to stretch. And then I was going to get Taylor's bottles ready. I was going to wake her up. I was going to get a shower, get ready to go to Liz's this morning. Taylor woke up literally 15 minutes after I got downstairs. And I left her there for a while. But those little demon eyes that you see in the monitor that are like neon, just wood staring at the camera, flailing around in her little marshmallow Merlin suit. And so I tried to rock her to sleep, didn't work, came back down, finally took her downstairs with me, walked on the treadmill with her in tow for 15 minutes, put her on a little mat for 10 minutes so I could do a little bit of stretching, left the house, hit an accident. It literally rerouted me that took an extra 25 minutes to get to Liz's house. Like I had to turn around, go all these different streets. I'm also having a fat day, which my husband does not understand. I called him to vent. Poor decision. He, whenever I vent to Nick, he goes, I'm sorry. And I, <laughs> Nick, I can tell that's not sympathetic. Like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> like, and I love him for it. He's like, it's just not his cup. It's not how he functions. He can't, he can't do it. Like, but <laughs> He lets me, you know, talk and I tell him, I'm like, I'm having a fat day. And he goes, What's a fat day? And I go, Never mind. I'll talk to you later today. I love you. <laughs> He's also the one that's like, Are you sure you don't want, you know, here's a cup of chocolate or here's some ice cream after like trying to hand you and feed you food but, after dinner. But my point of this story, I'm getting lost. The point of this story is that I um, I acknowledged, I realized, I realized all the things that had gone wrong, how I didn't want them to go that morning. But what I had done the night before, I had packed my food to make sure that was ready. I knew what I was going to eat today. I knew what we're having for dinner tonight. So I was able to plan around things. I had leftovers from last night. I made sure there was food in the house. I planned as much as possible to control as much as possible. And I did the best I could. And then I, every moment that doesn't go well, I tell myself, okay, guess what? There's about a million more moments today that I'm going to have the chance to make this a better day. Not screw it. I'm just going to go and get the banana bread from Starbucks. And we're just going to order tonight because I just don't feel like it. It's just a bad day. Everything's wrong. I hate life. Like you guys, we have that choice. Mm -hmm. We have the choice to change things in every single moment of the day. Do not let one bad moment 
turn into an entire day of bad moments because that is your choice. You, I, I listen, I very much so believe in manifesting things like not the woo woo. I'm going to make a million dollars. So then a million dollars is going to appear. No, like I'm going to believe that good things can happen and my actions will create that. So try to think just because this moment isn't going well, or I've had a series of not great moments doesn't mean that whole day is shit. You get to create the rest of the day. Yep. You get to reframe your thoughts. We reframe our thoughts almost every 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a constant talking yourself through. How can I see the good in this? How can I plan a bit differently next time? How can I just pivot to get these things done in the day, right? Like you're pivoting with Taylor. You're still getting your movement in. We pivot all the time because we've said this, I think four or five times in recent podcasts, no one's day goes according to plan hardly any days, mm-hmm. maybe like two or three days out of the year, get lucky. you know, <laughs> you get really lucky with that. <laughs> Nobody's annoying you. Your toddler's not screaming. The kid was in a really good mood. No, most days, toddlers, they got their moods, right? You make them dinner. Nope, now I don't want this. Marcus is getting to this very picky stage of all of the things that he used to love. Now he just doesn't want any of it. And I'm like, well, you have option A or B and that's it because I'm not making five different dinners for you. And so there are so many struggles, but the things that we can control even beyond our food is how we respond. If you can control your mind and you can start to reframe, you can control your actions and your action control your outcome. And so inside the struggle, this is where you have to embrace the suck. If you haven't listened or read that book, it's a really good book. It's called Embrace the Suck. Some days you got to go through the motions, you got to pivot and you got to embrace the suck and plan a little bit differently, maybe for the next day and hope that tomorrow goes better. And the other piece that we want to talk about today is entrepreneurship, because we actually have a lot of listeners that have reached out to us saying, we love when you talk about business and the grind. And thank you for all of the content that you put out, all the free content that you have, you know, from your email list to the Fit Mom library and all of those things. And we actually have three of our clients right now who have decided to go through nutrition coaching certification Mm -hmm. courses because they're so inspired by their journey with us and they want to help others because they don't feel fulfilled in their current roles. And so we wanted to talk a little bit today about the struggles of entrepreneurship too, because Becca and I, and we'll share a little bit towards the end here about, you know, how we grew up, but both of us were taught by parents that hard work is what you do. You grind, you work for what you have. Nothing is given to you. I think I've shared, you know, in the past, like I got a worker's permit at 14. I worked for my dad in his law office before that. Like I had um, a little lawn company where I would go around and we would rake people's yards and we would pick up all of the, what are those brown things that fall acorns? off? Acorns? No, not acorns. They're really prickly and they're round. and they, Oh, I hate those things. Yeah. So we would do that. Prior to that, I would have garage sales and I would sell books out of the back of my mom's van. Like, my dad instilled in me, you work, you save your money, you pay for things. I got $1,000 towards my first car and everything else was up to me. I paid for my gas, I paid for my car insurance, all of those things. And so I think a lot of that has helped in entrepreneurship, but understand that entrepreneurship is not everybody's cup of tea because it is risky. Mm-hmm. But back and I left corporate jobs, great salary, I was I quit the day that I was getting promoted um, to an even better salary. Uh, we had vacation time. We had um, vacation what am I looking time. For? What am I looking for? The words um, health insurance. Yes, you had health insurance. You had four hundred one k security with a paycheck that was the same every week or more. Once you got promotions, like that's the one thing that I you know yesterday to Nick when I was like God, 
when I worked for a company, I didn't look at like how much taxes got taken out. But when you run your own books and you know how much comes in, you know how much because it's like so depressing. I'm like, why? One, why do we live in Illinois? And two, like you work so freaking hard for things that you love and, you know, to bring an income to your family. And then it's like, oh my God, so much of it got taken away. Mm-hmm. I see that now. I see. Like, it's just, and you guys, we don't do it just all for the money, but like, you know, we need to, I have two kids in daycare right now. I have a five month old, six month old that like, I told this, I was like, I spend $200 a month on formula right now. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's so, we are in a phase of life that that is so expensive. I cannot wait until my kids are in school and I get like a $2,000, $3,000 raise from just not paying for daycare anymore. But at the end of the day, guys, what we do every day, and I'll be honest, I would say after working with Liz now, what we've been together for like four years. <laughs> Sounds like a relationship. Know, it is a relationship. We are it in is. a very much so relationship. Liz is a much more, I, I would say comfortable with taking risk than I am. And I think that stems a little bit from her running the gym with art prior mm-hmm. to that. Um, I am not comfortable with risk. I've never been comfortable with risk. I, it terrifies me. Me leaving corporate was like one of the scariest moments of my life to go coach full time at the gym that I used to coach at. Um, at the end of the day, what I've realized is entrepreneurship allows for one thing that stable jobs don't, and that is your control. I have control over how hard I work and what that produces. I have control over how our business is run. I have control over, you know, who we take on as clients, what the what our programs look. So like the control again reinstates what we were just talking about. When you have control, you can run your life how you want, and people do not take control. But with that entrepreneurship comes overwhelm, comes risk, comes just like a whole lot of fucked up stuff. It's just, <laughs> to be totally honest, we're listening right now, Liz and I are actually both reading Tim Grover's book, Winning, and he asks, like, describe winning with one word. And a lot of people will say, you know, like, euphoric and exciting and like all these things. And I'm like, that's not what winning is winning is terrifying it's overwhelming it's i said fucked up like it's it's just messed up because it's never enough when you run your company when you create your own work if you are in my opinion if you're a true entrepreneur it's never enough no that's the type of personality that probably usually becomes entrepreneurs yeah that goal that you're setting out to reach you get there and it's not enough. You want more. You want a bigger goal because you want to help other people. You want to serve other people. You want to do better. You want to be better constantly. And one of my favorite quotes about entrepreneurship is risk-taking, right? Risk-taking is the bet to win or to lose, which becomes our everyday life. It is our everyday life. Every day we are taking risk and we are betting on ourselves to win or to lose. And here's what I will tell you. We've lost a lot. We've failed a lot. We've had moments where we're in tears. And guess what happened inside of those moments? It grew our passion even greater to do better and be better. And so if you think that you're just going to get a nutrition coaching certification and all these clients are just going to flock to you and you're going to start a TikTok and all these people are going to start following you, (laughs) I'm here to tell you that there is much more to it. There are so many moving parts and I encourage people to start a business. I encourage people to change jobs and seek your passion. But what I'm going to tell you is you are going to work for pennies on the dollar or nothing for a long period of time. Guys, when I think back to 2014, when I started my blog at that time, Fit Cookery, I worked on that for two years. I didn't earn a penny off of it. 
even when I wrote my cookbook, I didn't make thousands of dollars off of it. I think I launched it and made like $3,000 on an ebook, which is great. But I also put in two years mm-hmm. of blogging, a shit ton of time trying to recreate recipes, custom res- or customize them you know, to my liking, tweak them, take pictures, all of the hours that went into that. And then the designing of the book and redesigning of the book because I didn't like the first design. And, and long story short, you're going to do a lot of work that you probably aren't going to see the return on investment for. And that's where you have to keep grinding. That's where you have to keep going. Because just like in people's fitness and nutrition journeys, they give up just before they're on the brink of greatness. I said this to the one of our clients the other day on a call. You are on the brink of a massive change in your life. You have to keep grinding. You have to keep showing up because we might talk a week from now or two weeks from now, and you're going to be in a totally different place because you didn't give up and you stayed true to your commitments and you followed through with the goals that we're working on right now. A lot of people, when it gets hard, quit. Mm-hmm. And they say, it's not worth it. This isn't working. The scale isn't moving or whatever might be happening. You have to keep grinding. You have to keep showing up because the results will come, but they're not going to come as fast as you want. And it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Every risk that we've taken, yes, it has come back twofold. We've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. We've expanded our business. We've expanded our coaching staff. All those things are great. You guys see all the shiny objects, right? You see all the social media. You don't see all the behind the scenes. And and we don't have to share all of the you know times that we've cried or times that we felt defeated because we don't want to discourage people from doing this, but just know that it does, it takes a lot. And mm-hmm. stress, stress is your business partner forever. And like the thing that I think bothers me the most is that in today's world and in social media, everyone's like, just reduce your stress and take stressors out of your life. You guys, I promise you, the most successful people in this world are stressed AF. Like, they don't, and, and the people that look like they're journaling and meditating probably went through a phase of about 10 to 15 years where stress was constant to now they have built something enough to where they can include those things in their life again. But like when you're in it, when you're in the new years, when you're in the early phases of a transformation journey, when you're in all of those things, you guys, stress is constant. It is. When you're a new mom, when you're in a new job, when you're trying to do all the right things for your health in a new journey of health, stress is constant. It just is. And so what you have to do is you have to make sure that one, the stress is worth it because for a lot of people, they create stress for themselves that's not worth it. They create stress around trying to be perfect with things. They create stress around things that don't create the return of that stress. But the other piece, you have to make sure that there are things that counteract the stress. You have to make sure you're, eat, you're eating correctly. You're fueling your body right so that you're reducing inflammation in that sense and not just feeding your body a bunch of crap that's creating more inflammation and more stress on the body. You need to move your body because exercise and weight training and building muscle, all of those things help counteract and fight the stress in the body. You need to make sure that you're sleeping enough. Liz and I prioritize sleep. There is, I, like, I, listen, I believe in the grind. I believe in the grind of like, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead type thing. I am non-functional when I don't sleep, and I have realized that. Some people, I would say men do this better than women. Some people can function on like five to six hours of sleep consistently. I cannot. I am a disaster. I am a hot mess dumpster fire of a person when I get less than six hours of sleep. So I'm usually in bed for more than seven hours. That's my goal every night, in bed for more than seven hours. And then 
you need to make sure that you're doing things that fill your cup and bring you joy outside of just work. Maybe not a whole lot because you don't have time for it, but like you need some of it because otherwise the stress will consume you and you will burn out. You will completely run yourself into the ground. You won't make it. Most people just, they have so many stressors because they create them themselves. They create the stress that shouldn't be a stress. You create the stress of a busy schedule. Okay, you have a busy schedule. So does the rest of the world, okay? You prioritize things, you time block things, you take control of it. You guys, Liz and I, (laughs) I'm not trying to like toot our horn or anything like that. You have to take control of your day or else your day will control you. Mm. It just, it is what it is. Yes. That's one of the biggest things that we focus on with clients. Like even from the get go, it's like, walk us through your routine. What do you do to fill your cup up? We need to start there with the basics because sometimes people don't even know what they do with their day. They have zero routine. Mm -hmm. They have no schedule. They just let life basically go by and another week goes by and another month goes by and another year goes by and they haven't done anything. Things haven't changed. Guys, that's within your control. Whether you use a calendar, whether you use a written calendar, I don't care. You need to give every hour a job. We talk about this in our win the day journal that we have that is a, you know, productivity course for you. It comes down to, you know, everything from meal planning to your priorities for each and every day, your priorities for the week, looking ahead at, you know, things on your radar that are triggering to you that you need to plan ahead for, that you need to make commitments around. Like we cover it all in our journal because we see this time and time again. People don't know where their time goes. Mm -hmm. Here's the challenge for you. And this is one of the first things that I did from my first business coach. Every 15 minutes, For three days, you write down what you did from the time that you wake up to the time that you go to bed every 15 minutes. It sounds tedious. It sounds monotonous. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I found four and a half hours of time that I was just wasting doing things that I didn't need to be doing. Even from, if I remember correctly, um, he challenged me because he's like, why did you have to like drive here? Or why did you have to drive here? Like, could you have not done certain things, you know, either remotely or multitask and done certain errands together? And I think about that a lot now because I'm like, okay, if I want to get Starbucks and I want to go to the gym, well, I'm not going to go to the gym and then come home and shower and get ready for the day and then go back out and go to Starbucks. It sounds really silly, but some people do these mm-hmm. things, right? And then that transferred over to a lot of other things in my life where I'm like, okay, this is how I multitask now. Friday nights, laundry goes in. Saturday morning, laundry gets folded. At the same time, I'm usually grocery shopping Friday afternoons, most weeks. And then Saturday, I'll throw something in the oven in the morning time, or I'll do something in the Instant Pot. And so I have things going little by little, so I'm not spending four or five mm-hmm. hours on Sunday because I need to entertain my toddler and take him to the Yaya Park or the ballpark right now (laughs) um, on the weekends. And I want that family time. And so learning how to take control of your time and to multitask is a powerful tool. The other thing in entrepreneurship and in a fitness, nutrition, health journey, or just any part of your life is learning the art of not giving up. And this is something, you know, when people ask me, how did you start your own business? How, what would you say to somebody who wants to start their own business is I'm going to tell you that it requires crazy determination outside of like the risk factors, right? You have to be relentlessly committed to your goal and you have to be determined and put in the time and put in the work no matter what. You have to be willing to fall flat on your face. Um, And most importantly, you have to learn the art of not giving up because 
there's more days that you want to quit than there are days that you want to keep going in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. will say now in our business, there's way more days that I feel fulfilled, you know, than days yeah. that, you know, I want to give up, but you are going to want to quit more than you want to continue in the beginning. And I think that holds true also in your fitness and your nutrition journey, because you're making massive changes. You are restructuring your schedule. You are shifting your priorities and you're taking time away from Netflix to put it into building your website or to studying Mm -hmm. all of those things that you need to do to be able to succeed. And so you have to learn the art of not giving up. Yeah. A thousand percent. This is something that too, I, although I know the value of goals, I don't focus on goals. I focus on the process. I focus on the process every day and I work on the art of evolving the process because I know once I get to a goal, there's going to be another goal that I want. And so I don't focus on like, this is my end. I just need to get there. No, because once I get there, something's going to have happened. Something's going to have evolved to where I now have a new goal that I'm working towards. And if that is something that you work well under, by all means, use it. But what most people do, they don't focus on the process. They dread the process. They dread the daily things that are required to get them to their goal, but they think, I just need to get there. And then when they don't get there, how they think they should or how quickly they think they should, they give up. And they say, what's the point? It's not working. No, you guys, the process works. You just have to start to find ways to, quote unquote, I would say, enjoy the process or find meaning and purpose in the process. And when you can't jive with your process, that's because it's probably not something that is sustainable for you or that you truly don't believe will work long term. And so you eventually subconsciously pull yourself into bad habits that you've had all along and stay stuck forever. But what you need to try to shift yourself into is looking at your process every day, every day before I go to bed, before I close my eyes at night, I get into bed, I've done all my nighttime routine, I'm about to fall asleep. And I ask myself, how did I get better today? If you can go to bed every day better than when you woke up, you will start to find yourself growing as a person. That is the definition of growing, going to bed better than you wake up. And you have to evaluate it because I think a lot of people go through day to day blind, they don't evaluate, they don't reflect, they don't think, they just expect. You just expect that the things that you're told to do will work. Well, you guys, everyone's different. What works for someone, when you put it into your life, might not work for you. So you have to be willing to pivot. You have to be willing to adjust. You have to be willing to fall flat on your face. Know that you're going to fall flat on your face. Like, I expect the failures. I expect the ups and downs. We always live by don't get high on the highs or low on the lows. You have to know they're going to happen. You have to know that they're going to ebb and flow. There's a great quote from the book that I was reading this morning that was like, every step is unknown. One step's going to be there like magic. The next step's going to feel like quicksand. And it's going to make you want to turn back and stop and give up. But you can't. You cannot give up because you have to trust that what you're doing, and if you can find conviction in what you're doing, like every day what I do, I'm like, heck yes, I know this is going to work. And so I don't really honestly care about when it works. I know it's going to. And the beauty of that is that some days I wake up and like, wow, this feels so much easier than it did two months ago. Some days I wake up, oh my gosh, I see the change in my body. Other days I wake up and I'm like, what the F is going on? Because nothing is working and I hate the world right now. But you just keep going through those days. You can't give up. And that's the, like, if you truly get to a place where you are just determined I promise you will succeed. There is no timeline. 
Because you guys, if there was a handbook to this and a timeline to this, everyone would be at the top of the mountain. We aren't all at the top of the mountain. Most people are like wandering in circles in the bottom and don't really know where they're going. You have to know that you're going to fail. You have to know that there's going to be hardship. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be things that there might be months, you guys, where it feels like things are going backwards. Liz and I just went through a period in our business right now. We're like, we're like, something is not working and we need to figure it out versus maybe this job isn't for us. Let's go back to corporate. Like you got to be willing to figure things out because it's going to happen in life. And so understand you are not the only one that shit is happening to everyone deals with it. It's just how you deal with it. Yep, absolutely. I'm just giggling inside because I just keep thinking of all the social media things that we have to do and how Facebook likes to change the algorithm. I have 20 followers on TikTok right now. I'm spending like hours a week trying to create videos, (laughs) but I know that the investment will matter Mm -hmm. long-term. I know it will pan out. Yes, it will. Absolutely. And so, you know, this is the thing is you have to keep pushing and you have to keep growing and keep staying in tune with the time and be willing to pivot in your business. You know, my husband, Art, he helps us with our marketing and he's constantly coming to us saying, okay, here's what Facebook is going to be doing. Here's the changes with the algorithm. Here are things that we need to be creating in terms of other courses and content and getting on TikTok because these other platforms that we have, I'm going to say I've refused to be on for a long time are where people are and people are starting to shift off of Facebook because they're tired of seeing all the political things and they're tired of seeing, you know, all the advertisements and stuff. And so we're, we're here, we're doing the work. We're willing to pivot. We're willing to adjust. We're going to have fun with it. And by the way, we're making some TikToks today that are going to be fun. So if you're not on, uh, if you're not following us yet on TikTok, you can find both of us there. Our handles are the same as they are on Instagram. I'll have to link them out in the show notes because this is new. So it's also one thing that I'm going to leave you guys with today is every struggle that you have in life, it's up to you how you take on that challenge. You can either take it on and be, you know, resentful and frustrated and this is stupid. I shouldn't have to do these things. Or you can take it on with a positive attitude and be like, you know what? I'm going to make a fool of myself, but I'm going to give it a go because all of these other people that I have asked for help have told me, you know, like business coaches and things like that have told me this is what works. And so I'm going to be optimistic about it. It's not going to work in 30 days. It might work a year from now. And Mm -hmm. we're like the next big TikTok stars. Probably not, but maybe, Maybe, um, (laughs) you know, and so you just have to be optimistic. You have to turn these challenges that you are facing into positives. If you don't do that, you are going to be miserable every day. So I'll leave you with this. You can choose to be better or you can choose to be bitter. And from my experience, choosing to be better is often leading is going to make you much happier. Yeah. You guys, it's perspective shifts. Like really think about what's challenging in life. It's not you choosing the salad over the pizza. It's like losing loved ones or losing a job. And even those things we can overcome. It's all perspective and how you build your mind because our mind controls everything in this life. And if you can conquer your mind, if you can really grab hold of what your thoughts are and control them, you become unstoppable. So what are you doing today to become better when you go to bed tonight than when you woke up? Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.